0: Pints and Pastimes is brought to you in partnership with Beer 52, who are offering a free case to you. So Matt, what's Beer 52? Well, Max, I'm glad you asked. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club, with over 150,000 members. A craft beer discovery club? What does that mean? So, each month you'll be sent a case of unique beers from some of the best breweries on the planet, each with its own unique theme. Themes in the past have included Korea, America, New Zealand and much, much more. Wow, this all sounds great. How can I join? All you have to do is go through our link, www.beer52.com forward slash pints. That's the word beer, 52.com forward slash pints. You cover the £5.95 for postage and they'll do the rest. But Matt, I don't like darker beers or stouts. I don't want to get stuck with a crate of them. Well, Max, my good friend, never fear. You can just click to have a case without. Better yet, each case comes with a snack and the latest issue of Ferment Magazine. And if you ever decide to pause or cancel your membership, it can be done with just a few simple clicks. Okay, hold on. So
1: let me get this right. I can get a free case of beer and all I have to do is go onto the link www.beer52.com forward slash pints as in the word beer, the numbers five and two and then all I have to do is cover the
0: postage. That's right. Now let's crack open some drinks and crack on with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Pints and Pastimes podcast with me, Mahanko bruce Joining me as ever is Max Fitzgerald. Hello. I've managed to, c- to
1: claw my way into co-host. Yeah, let's call it that. And, Why not? Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, silently on the
0: sides, we're joined by George. Hello. And Jacob. Hello. On today's episode, we'll be looking back at the Russian Grand Prix, UFC 253 and another weekend of exciting Premier League action. Uh, so before I actually ask you what you're drinking, Max, oh. uh, we have an announcement. We have got an Instagram, finally. Oh, yeah. uh, we really should have got one earlier. I don't know why we waited so it, long.
1: It should have been one of the first things we did. I know.
0: But uh, so if you want to find us on Instagram, it's at pints and pastimes, all one word. Um, who would have thought? Who would have thought? You know, we, we, we couldn't get that on Twitter. We had to go for an underscore, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Max, cracking on. What are you drinking today? Are you ready? Oh, Ooh, there it is. That would have been a
1: nice one. So, I've got an obviously from our loving partnership of Beer 52, who we uh admire. I've got a it's actually got a weird sticker, Great South Bay.
0: Uh, nice oh. one pouring it all over himself, uh, he loves it that much, <laughs> he just wants it on his jeans too. Ah,
1: uh, for fuck's sake, this is so many times I've done this in this room. Linkages, sorry, leakage is spillage. Um, yeah, so I've got so it's a Great South Bay Brewery, Blood Orange Pale Ale. So, I assume. A lot it's of orange. Going on
0: this. You would hope so. The mm. pinkies are up for this sip. I don't know why, but... Oh, you know what? That's a lovely one. Well, that's lovely. I'm
1: pretty sure this was from the New York box, so it'll be brewed somewhere... Somewhere in, in, America, in America. Green America. Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know. Brewed and canned. Great South Bay Brewery. New York. Yeah. New York, New York. 11706. Hmm. Coincidental. Coincidental. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a lovely bill. What are you drinking, George?
2: I'm on the Tiger Beer, kindly gifted by uh, my good friend Max Fitzgerald. Yep. One of my favourites.
1: I do like to give to charity, to those less fortunate,
0: obviously. Yeah. Uh, no, George and Jacob didn't know they were going to be on the podcast today until they were dragged into it. So, um, Which is why Jacob's got a drink in a jar that he's concocted in the last ten minutes. What, what, are yep. you, what, what is it? My broken the rules, not getting a beer, but no. we've got um, salted caramel vodka mixed with tizer. It's very nice. I mean, the salt and caramel, wait, was it salt and caramel vodka?
1: I think vodka.
0: I mean, it sounds salt nice. Caramel something. <laughs> There's, I mean, apple ties and salt and caramel is a bit of a weird mix, but.
2: Yeah, is it, it, good? Very good, it looks so. horrible. It just looks it flat. Very good. But do, you, do you want to describe the colour, Matt?
0: Uh, piss in a jar, I think, is the <laughs> yeah. nicest way of describing it. Not to very take anything light away piss, so from you. So Someone who's drunk a lot of water. Yeah, like a nice hydrated <laughs> piss. How's it tasting, though?
1: Like, really lovely. It's yeah. really nice. Is it? it like Matt said, it is a little flat, bit of an old bottle of appetiser but it is very good
0: so Matthew what are you uh, for once I'm not drinking dark fruits or Melbourne's oh, finest oh you actually
1: drinking a beer uh, a
0: real beer uh, I mean it's still just Estrella uh, unfortunately oh, but, Estrella's alright I, mean, yeah, I mean yeah it's better than my usual so And you yeah.
1: say next week we're getting our, our package in from so, yeah, b hopefully we
0: will have our package in time for next week's episode uh, which I may as well tell you now it's going to be a transfer special where we're going to rank or rate every team's uh, business this window and yeah, as I say, hopefully we'll have a, a box of B 52 to be able to discuss and talk about in a bit more detail. Yeah, so don't miss out on that episode. But that's enough pints. Let's talk some pastimes and move on to the Russian Grand Prix. <laughs> so first up is we head to Sochi for the Russian Grand Prix. Yeah. So the drama kind of kicked off before the race even started. Uh, we had a penalty for Alex Albon, uh, five places, which saw him start the race in 15th position. Yeah. Uh, there was also talk of uh, Lewis Hamilton getting some penalties. Yeah, they, they uh, took
1: quite the time to make the they decision did take, on So it. it
0: wasn't until the race started that they obviously ended up making that decision, which was a bit annoying. But uh, the race started, they always seemed to start quite interesting recently. And we had uh, two crashes in the first three or four turns. Yeah. So first up, we had Carlos Sainz, who went off the track, and basically it was just shit driving from him. So... Yeah. on the Sochi Grand Prix there was this weird turn where they kind of had like an escape route so,
1: so I haven't watched Formula 1 for that long has that has that always been a thing or was there always like I mean, issues on that corner I think Sochi is
0: quite I mean I could be completely wrong I don't think it's like a, you know it's not like an old course I think it's quite a new track okay um, but yeah so they got this new they have got this turn where basically their new cars were coming off it fast so they had like an escape route and so many cars just crashed there. Yeah. So the first one was Carlos Sainz. The first lap, he basically just went off on the first corner and crashed into the wall. Yeah, uh, I mean, it. really, it was just his fault. There's yeah. no no other way about going that. But um, and then that crash was quickly followed up by Lance Stroll, uh, which was basically caused by Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And there was there was no penalty for that at all. I saw a, a little bit, yeah, a that, little bit of drama going on on Twitter and stuff about people saying like, how was there no penalty given? To Leclerc, yeah. I mean, it, uh, I think I it, guess call it, it a racing incident. It but. seems like if if an incident happens with, uh, like, obviously, I I don't actually think this. I'm just saying what I saw on on Twitter, and I normally preach the controversial stuff, so I, I definitely mm. don't believe this. But um, it seems like when an issue, a small issue, happens with like a, you know, Mercedes or Red Bull, there there's always like a penalty, a time penalty mm. given. But when it happens to a smaller f1 team
0: what ferrari being a smaller uh, well,
1: <laughs> maybe this year i don't know they're uh,
0: not yeah they're not competing really yeah, this season to be
1: yeah. i feel like maybe is not as big of a penalty given uh like i don't i don't actually i don't agree with that but that is something i've seen trending a lot people are definitely accusing them of. Mm. and some of the commentators have also been tweeting the similar things yeah
0: i mean i think on that note, i think hamilton has had a lot of penalties this year oh yeah um and then even things like you know not getting into any of it, but he's you know just worn t-shirts and stuff, and they've started accusing him of you know doing whatever. And there's well, a lot of yeah. random attacks it seems on Lewis Hamilton this season, yeah. which I don't know you know make of I it do. what you will. I think there's quite a bit of hatred towards him. There is, I think there is, and I don't. I mean, there is from the community I mean, like, of. I, I disagree, of F1. obviously, like to quickly brace past it.
1: I disagree. He's posted, like, anti-vaccination stuff before Mm. and and coronavirus stuff before that have been very out there. But then there hasn't been that big of an uproar with that. But then when the the whole T-shirt thing came out, all of a sudden there was a massive uproar. So there's a bit of... Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think it's shown too well on some of the F1 community And that. If you ever go on his Twitter, there are some horrible comments, and it's Mm. it's a bit worrying. But, um, as I say, Hamilton obviously got that comment uh not comment nah, uh penalty before the race started so he took what, two a, separate ones two separate 5 second penalties he took them both uh, on lap 17 which saw him go he was second at that moment um having dropped behind i think to bottas yeah so he'd already lost a place but he dropped from second to 11th uh and he was very unhappy about this cuz you know he was doing well and pitting on lap 17 of a what 53 lap race is not very ideal because, you know, you've got a long way to go then on one set of tyres because he yeah. doesn't really want to, want to have to pit twice. And I saw he was a bit confused. He, he asked over the
1: radio. He was a bit confused at why he had to serve the time in a pit stop. Mm. And I can't remember the exact reason. I'm pretty sure it's because if you're given the penalty before you pit, you have to do it in your pit. Yeah. Whereas he obviously... He wanted to just, just ru- uh, like drive his race and then come first or whatever and try and uh, take as big of a lead as possible and have it taken off on his final time, which might have been better for him. But in hindsight, obviously, uh, he did really well, he did even with well. the 10-minute yeah. um, pit.
0: Because, yeah, that's a similar thing. Uh, so Daniel Ricciardo uh, got a penalty later on the race. Uh, lap 28, I think they handed out the penalty um, for some sort of incident. And that was a five-second penalty, but it was just added on to his time at the end of the race. And maybe it's just... Not knowing enough about the rules of the sport, but it does feel unfair when pitting does take a lot of time up just just going into the pit lane. Yeah. Obviously, at some point you're going to have to pit, but I think that's why Hamilton was annoyed that he knew he was going to have to pit anyway, but to pit early as well really kind of ruined his chances. I was actually yeah I
1: I know the like the rules change very often. They also change between races, but I was really shocked that uh, like Hamilton didn't know about, for example, the practice starts on the track mm. because. Uh, they spoke about that yesterday. I, I heard on the commentary of the race they spoke about that yesterday, like that was gonna be an issue. It was similar with uh Ricardo, I think it was, and it was if you went off onto that corner, if you went past the orange, you had to go through the polystyrene markers um, and he obviously he didn't he got the time yeah. we'll go over that later but that was also there was like a couple of things they made clear
0: the day before that you can't do yeah they did kind of and change some of the rules it seemed yeah mid weekend but,
1: but they did sort of make it clear so yeah. I was so when when Hamilton was questioning a lot of things I was thinking like Hamilton's the the number one driver mm. the number one and he's in the number one car in the number one team at the moment I was, I was quite shocked he didn't really know the situation going into it.
0: So originally, as well, on top of that, Hamilton was actually given a 10 points uh, to his super licence. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get 12 points, then basically you can get yeah. banned from a race. Uh, I believe they've now changed that to he is just getting a fine, a uh, £25,000 fine, which, to be honest, an F1 is nothing. Oh. And it seems a very weird change because 10 points and potentially being banned from a race is pretty massive. I had, I had
1: no idea. I, uh, I, I thought sc- the 10 apologies points... Apologies if were...
0: I am wrong in saying that, but I think that is what's happened now, is that they've they've decided not to give him the 10 points because that would be very harsh. you know. Potentially banning someone yeah. from a race for just doing a practice start yeah. uh, would have been a bit over it the was, top, I think. It was
1: twice, though, is the issue. Like.
0: It's twice, but I think that's still very harsh uh, to ban you know, one of the top people I in the sport from, see, from a race. Um,
1: when he actually did the practice starts, he actually did confirm with his team uh, if he was allowed to do it as he was doing yeah, it. Yeah, so
0: I think it is his team. Yeah, it's his down, team's really. fault, yeah. Um, so you mentioned briefly earlier, and we, we talked about, obviously, Carlos Sainz. There was that yeah. corner they've yeah. added uh, like corner one or maybe number two, where lots of cars were just kind of driving straight off, and the number one culprit was Grosjean, yeah. who I think uh, I read or when they were I was watching it, the commentator said he's he's driven into it about eight times. He's gone through that thing, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't think he got any penalty for that. Uh, I think he went straight through the barrier one time, Yes. Yeah. Just, just completely wiped it out. And I'm and I think I, or maybe that was Ricardo, in fact. But yeah, Grosjean went through that barrier like eight times. And I'm like. He didn't get any sort of penalties, from what I know. I do think, it, like, if you take that route, it's definitely a
1: longer route to the to the mm. actual track. So of course. So it is sort of... If you get there, you're forced to take it, and that's sort of your penalty. But um, there was probably a couple of incidents where drivers did go over the line a little bit and also snuck back on the track, and also... Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. It's, it seems like a very, like, odd corner. If they knew it was going to be an issue for quite a while beforehand... Or could they not have just, I know obviously it's like a, it's a lot of work, yeah. but could they not have just amended the track a little bit to cater for? Yeah, if it feels
0: like, I I mean, I, as I say, I don't know. I think Sochi might be a new track and maybe it's not been an issue in the past, but it seems like, yeah. I mean, they must have learned from previous years yeah. that that was going to be an issue.
1: Like I don't know about you, but obviously, like uh, we've spoken about this on the podcast before. I'm, I'm a new F1 fan. You know, like this is this is all new to me. I'm mm. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm watching it uh, almost every week. And if I miss them, I I watch them on rewind. Like, I, yeah, track, I, watch I mean, them I'm back. always on the highlights. At night um, and stuff. So so obviously, I don't know about this like particular track, but it does seem a bit of like a weird one for me. Obviously, maybe some of our viewers can say, and they can they can tweet us, up, you know? yeah, or they can or learn, you can just but... blast <laughs> us with abuse. Either way, we yeah. like engaging, constructive, and yeah. we will be
0: happy with it. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the race result. Obviously, Bottas got the win. Yeah. Uh, kind of closing the gaps very slowly but surely on Hamilton. Uh, I, I mean, could... I think uh, I, uh, Bottas does get a lot of hate. I think just as being quite, a, he's quite a boring driver. You know, he's quite a boring driver because he race. doesn't actually seem that talented a driver. He is just in the best car.
1: I think what? Yeah. I think that's the. I think that's the issue. Is everyone says like. Are you a great driver, or are you just in a Mercedes car? Mm. You know that that's that's the issue. Like, put Verstappen into that car, yeah. is he going to beat you every time? Sort of thing. Um, it's it's a yeah. He gets quite a bad rap rep, but does he really care? Because he's he's winning races, yeah. you know. Um, I I was happy Verstappen came second, yeah, and I was like absolutely impressed with Hamilton. One of those situations where, you know, Hamilton got given a 10-second penalty. 10-second in F1 is a a big deal. Like, that's a big deal. I think he came back on after his pit stop 11th. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, as you say, like, people are obviously saying he's just in the best car, but Hamilton does prove that he is a quality driver. So he started after his penalty at 11th place and built his way back up to third. Yeah. You know, it's sensational. Like he's if, just if very any good other driver
1: uh, was in eleventh for the position Hamilton was in and got their way to third, yeah. we'd be raving.
0: I, I mean, think. no doubt the car helps, but yeah, he, he Hamilton does prove that he is, you know, just the best. Really, yeah. um, I don't know what race is coming up next. To be fair, because uh, obviously we had a gap last weekend, so I assume it will be back on this Sunday. Can't actually tell you where, but no, I have no idea either. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't as exciting as some of the races we have, but to be honest, I think overall it's been a very good season. Like, Because for, for, we are, as I say, we're both quite new to the sport. We haven't paid huge attention in the past, but this year we really have. And, and we're enjoying it. It's been a very exciting year, I think. Yeah. Um, we've been quite lucky in that. But um, enough on the F1, I think. Let's move on to the UFC. Moving on to the UFC, a uh, new sport for us to discuss on the show. Yeah, so oh, we,
1: that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't actually think we haven't spoken about so UFC So we have talked before.
0: about boxing before, and I would say generally I'm more of a boxing fan. I am, I'm not actually that massive a fan of UFC. No. Um, I'm trying to get into it. And to be honest, that is why I watched this this, this fight, because I thought it was a big weekend, uh, a big card. Uh, so some massive main events. So, of course, what I'm talking about, UFC 253 or 253, I don't know what they call it. 253, I think. Uh, we've got Israel Adensan- Adesanya versus Paula Costa, as well as... Uh, what was the other one? Dominic Reyes versus Yang Blackovics. Sorry for butchering some pronunciations here. That I is going to happen. Please, like, I'd rather you just shit on us on yeah. Twitter and
1: tell us we're getting them wrong. <laughs> otherwise we're Max just really gonna... wants people to shit on us. Well, I don't know wait, why. Otherwise, we're just going to keep sort of saying, saying the wrong name yeah,
0: constantly. Um, so... Yeah, I was quite excited for this, because I've heard a lot about Israel Ades- Adesanya uh, on Twitter and on social media and stuff like that, uh, that he is meant to be one of... I think he's number three pound-for-pound pound in the world, so he's one of the yeah. top fighters. Yeah, uh, He's the reigning undisputed middleweight champion. Yeah. So going into the main event, uh, Adesanya versus Costa, Adesanya was 19-0 and and Costa was 13-0, and so both with undefeated records. Uh, as well as that, they've both defeated this guy called Joel Romero in their f- previous fights by unanimous decisions. So, you know... It seemed not evenly weighted. I think a lot of people kind of had their predictions of who would win. It seemed like Uh, they were a good suit. But, yeah, it is kind of the top two in the uh, middleweight division. So, you know, quite a a high anticipation for this fight. Um, Now, whenever I've watched UFC, it seems that they kind of tackle each other and it goes to the floor straight away. So I was quite surprised to see that the first round, it was just a lot of standing up and a lot of... It was quite slow, Mm. but Adesanya did a lot of damage. So... um, Max actually watched this fight just today and I was kind of narrating him through it just what what I thought of it yeah and uh, so Adesanya was just just kind of kicking uh, Costa slowly throughout the fight little little kicks to the back of the leg like the calves and his ribs uh, no, that was the previous one Oh, to yeah, that. we're going on to... Oh, something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just constant barrage onto his legs. So it was yeah. just his legs. He was just kind of kicking away. And, you know, you kind of watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. And then suddenly you realise there's these massive bruises showing up on his legs. I mean, it, you know what?
1: It was quite quick. I, his, his kicks must be, like... His kicks must be powerful, obviously. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. N- nothing compared to it, but I, I've done um, Thai boxing and kickboxing... And like, I've had kicks to my legs before, Mm. and I've, and I've like, Kick people with with my legs, and it's a lot of like just hard pain in your yeah. shin, and like just one or two k- taking one or two kicks, to your yeah, shin really was actually, hurts. Um... And with this, this the colour on his mm. legs, you could the...
0: you could see each individual strike. Oh, it was God, yeah, it must have been extremely. I actually watched, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about it, and apparently because they had a fighter on there, and they were saying that when you get kicked, there is like a nerve kind of going through your whole leg, so it isn't yeah. just you feel a pain here; it feels your whole body. So, um, I mean, it's kind of impressive that Costa took them so well and didn't really react. Uh, no. The bizarre thing, really, was that Costa spent a lot of the first round taunting Adesanya, yeah, hands a lot of show which is bizarre because he wasn't the favourite. He didn't do very well in the first round. And he was just taunting him constantly. No, I, no. I just didn't really understand. Oh, you, I, you want a max? Guess, huh? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just. Uh, well, I've had a long it's, day. It's mate. a long day. A <laughs> late <laughs> night. Me, like, let me off. I've been up for like
1: 14 hours, oh, 14 hours. Like 17 15, like, hours or something. But um, yeah, he was showboating. But there was. That's also. It does. It does play into the tactics a bit. You know, you you showbo, and they think they think that you're opening up. But then when when they think you're opening up and they take a shot at you. Then really, they're opening up mm. to you, you know. So there is a bit of logic showboating, but he did just seem like he was going yeah. over the over the top of it. Hands behind his back, like holding his arms, like putting his face out. And it was thinking. I sort of thought it, because a crowd wasn't there, maybe he wasn't getting the reception. Yeah, I mean, and he yeah, he didn't really understand how the crowd was
0: reacting. It, yeah, to Yeah, because it was silent. It was a bit weird was, just he, seeing a guy silently. He, he might have thought that
1: him defending each of these kicks with his shin, uh, he might have thought he was coming off quite well. Uh, where in reality, all the viewers could see, he was, was, he was taking quite a some brutal, extreme yeah.
0: damage. You know. Um, so yeah, there was it was a bizarre. Performance from Costa really, and it also because you you said when you first saw Costa show up like on his ring walk or whatever, you were like he is built as a brick shit. I oh yeah. like, he's massive compared, especially compared to Adesanya who's quite a slim guy.
1: Yeah, I'm like a I'm like a a big fan of people that um like take the time in the gym and like when when he came up, I was thinking Jesus, like his his deltoids and like he he, just, he looked absolutely huge. Um, the other guy, what's his name? L- L- Ades- Adesanya Alessany. So he he did look to me. It doesn't mean anything in UFC. From like previous like UFC I've watched. Like I'm not a huge UFC fan, but I've watched quite a few of uh, UFC fights. Um, he looked very lanky, mm. right? He didn't look built like Costa did, um, but he he just looked very lanky. It was like if I had to pick about the two people I'd fight, it'd probably be. Um, it, it wouldn't be Costa. Put it that way. The, yeah. the size of him. But um, that, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean shit in UFC. Yeah, clearly we've learned. <laughs> but well, it's even before then. I've I've seen some very lanky fighters. I don't know what it is about them, but uh, they seem to do well. Mm. I could be I could be completely wrong, but from what I've seen, it it's always seems, seems like the lanky ones do well. So, that's um, true
0: as well. Yeah. In the second round, uh, Alexander did get a kick to Costa's head, which cut his eyebrow open. Yeah. Uh, started blood pouring out, and I think that was kind of the beginning of the end. Um, it didn't look like it was going to last too long. To be honest, from the first round. Just how how impressive Israel Adesanya was. At that point, though, also his his leg, like, so the front of his shin
1: and his calf... It was quite horrible to see. Not only was there the bruising, but at that point, skin had literally torn. Mm. Like, there were, like, cuts along his leg bleeding. So not only was he bleeding just above his eyes, he was also bleeding on his leg. The same leg that he knows he's going to take an impact from over and over again for the rest of the fight... And I do think that probably played into a little bit because uh, towards the end where, uh, obviously, like Costa lost... he he started going in for more like he he was getting closer and he was trying to go for the for like hooks and like he was going for more punching rather than uh, like laid back kicking. Mm. So maybe he had taken so much abuse to his leg that he was so cautious. realised yeah. yeah, he was so cautious about his leg. He didn't want to get a fight. He wanted to bring a sort of closer
0: man on man sort of situation. It didn't work out good yeah. for him, obviously. Well, that's kind of what brought at the end. Uh, so Costa actually did go for a big swing. Uh, kind of slipped off of Alisanya yeah. and then as Adesanya, I has to say the left hook, yeah. basically sent Cost to the floor, and that was it. You know, once you're on the floor, he wasn't he wasn't in a position to defend himself. Yeah, I'm so T K O in round two. Yeah. Um, so this is actually the first time I've watched Adesanya properly. I've heard a lot about him, as I say, uh, and to be honest, after the fight, I was just I just found him very amusing. So he celebrated by break dancing, which was just a bit bizarre to watch. Uh, <laughs> and his post match interview, I just found him very entertaining, and I can see why there is such a. I mean, first of all, he is a you know, as I say, he's one of the best in the world in UFC but he's also he's a very entertaining person on the mic um, which I just didn't I didn't know that about him to be fair going into it Uh, the reason also this card was so big is that there was two headliners so or two main events if you will Uh, the other fight was Dominic Reyes versus Jan Jan Blackovic Blackovic. nailed it something like that (laughs) it's probably right let's say um And this was for the vacant UFC light heavyweight title. So this was obviously vacated by John Bones Jones uh, back in August, um, who is obviously probably the most well-known name in UFC at the moment, behind maybe only Khabib and, if you want to say, Conor. So he's, you know, it was quite a big deal that these two are fighting for the vacant title, with John Jones uh, aiming to go up into the heavyweight division. Uh, So this is the number three and number one ranked fighters in this division uh, going for the title. In his previous fight, uh, Dominic Reyes had actually lost to Jones, so I think this was quite a moment for him to kind of redeem himself. uh, Especially as he's going against Blackowicz, who is 37 going into the fight. So you know this is kind of his last chance. So both guys had a lot to kind of, lot to win in this. Obviously, it's the title, but they both kind of got this is a fight they need to win to kind of help their careers along. Um, And to be honest, it was very similar to the Adesanya fight in that it was a lot of on you know standing up, a lot of kicking which, as I say, as a, a quite a novice to the sport, you don't expect that, especially, you know... I don't know. I, it's not what I expected I to mean, watch.
1: I mean, guess, I guess kicking's the easy move to make because there's such a distance between you and the opponent, um, and also it's so
0: much damage. Like, And different fighters are going to have different techniques. You know, yeah. I think someone like Khabib is a bit more focused on submissions. I could be completely wrong in saying that, sorry, but I think <laughs> that's... I th- I'm fairly certain that's that's his kind of style. Um, and, yeah, so this was Blakovic's basically... Just was kicking the ribs of Reyes, and it was horrible. It yeah. was really gr- like like Reyes's so, ribs was disgusting. Sore as really hell. Re- like bizarre. I'd n- I'd never seen anything like that. And I, I don't know.
1: It was a very like limited amount of kicks that 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 caused that. Like it looked horrible, and like um, not not as if this is any comparison at all. But like I've been hitting the ribs before. And kicked in the, in like, hitting the liver, kicked in the liver, hitting the ribs. Uh, I, and they've been extremely painful. Like, enough to just drop you to the ground off, after one hit. Um, a video of one of our, our close friends who's not, hasn't been in the podcast yet, Roberto. Uh, he got punched once in the liver once and he just dropped straight to the ground. Um, so, to see the state of the, of the skin on the side of his body, right? So it's not even the impact from the ribs, but the the impact that the kicks have made to the ribs to cause that much, like, bleeding and cutting, it must have been so strong, mm. and it's just a constant, like,
0: yeah, it was absolutely disgusting. It was, they must have been horrible. Yeah, it really was quite unpleasant. Um, the fight kind of finished in a similar time, so it finished with a, about a minute uh, left of round two, which is a similar time frame to the Adesanya fight. Uh, Blackovix lands a series of punches and basically sends Reyes wobbling. Yeah. And then, you know, once you get on top of him on the floor, that's that's basically es- fight especially, over. Especially when they're a bit dazed. Like, yeah, and and in the light heavyweight on. division, I think obviously that's where you are getting to the the, the It's more not like it, it's not boxing, but it is more based on fists rather than the grapples and stuff. And I think once you're on top, you, you it's done. Um, so Blackovix kind of won against the odds, really, uh, winning the title there which does make the future of that division interesting. So um, up next actually is, obviously, the next big event is UFC 254. Um, and on the undercard of that, or the co-main event, if you will, you have Robert Whittaker versus Jared Kanonia. Uh Sorry, this isn't middleweight. Sorry, I kind of went off track there. But, um, so on this undercard, you've got Robert Whittaker versus Jared Canonia. and Adesanya has said that he wants to take on Canonia next in his fight, uh, if he wins that. So it's going to be, you know, quite an exciting future of UFC. And obviously the big fight coming up in the next UFC event is uh, Gates versus Khabib. Um, yeah. I think Khabib has done, I mean, maybe it's he's been kind of brought up, as I say, with quite casual UFC fans. He's kind of had his reputation brought up by the Conor McGregor fight, which means when he fights, people want to watch now. Um, yeah. So the next one's going to be just as exciting, hopefully. I mean, there's
1: there's not much to watch right now, uh, Obviously, because of coronavirus. So. That is
0: true. The issue with UFC, I think this is why. I mean, it took me. A, I not It took me a while to get around to watching it because the UFC, UFC here in uh, England, was on it. I think the main event started about five a.m. Yeah, I'm not going to stay up till five a.m. to watch it. Like maybe if it's a massive thing like the Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, or something like that, I'll stay up till five a.m. But um so obviously, I was just watching the highlights and what well, the repeats, if you will. Yeah, and on that there's supposedly a Conor McGregor Pacquiao fight coming up. Yeah, that might be That's, fun to watch. Yeah, that. Will, I mean, we'll probably stay up for that one.
1: Yeah, I'd stay
0: up for that um, if that came on. Obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, not gonna miss out on that. That'll be. That, I think that'll be a bit better than the Floyd Mayweather. I mean, because Floyd Mayweather is quite. a... I mean, it's bad to say he's he's a boring fighter. He's a very good fighter, but he's very boring. Um, and Conor McGregor obviously just wasn't. He, he, shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been in that fight. He no. probably shouldn't be against Pacquiao either. Uh, you know, people you say, deserve a chance against Pacquiao, and it's not Conor McGregor.
1: That's true, but it's just what brings in
0: the money. It's what brings in the money, it's and, the same and as, as we say, we, we want to watch it. As we've spoken
1: on the last podcast, or maybe the podcast before, that bloody Logan Paul is like a similar situation. It's just, I don't think that will happen, but it would if it did, it would just be because it would bring in the money. Um, and could you imagine the... The absolute outcry if someone like, say, McGregor beat Pacquiao or Logan Paul beat Mayweather. Not that I think that would happen. I don't think but it. Would be, you know, well, it would be, great
0: publicity at least. Yeah. Um. It anyway. anyway. <laughs> really ruin the reputation of the sports. So. Oh, it would. Yeah. So that's why. I mean, you know, realistically, it's not going to happen. But no. It would be very interesting. It does. Um, that's enough about us babbling about UFC when we don't really know what we're talking about. No, we don't uh, don't watch enough. (laughs) um, But as I say, I'm I'm hoping I can try and get into it. As I say, I'm a big fan of boxing, and, you know, they're not worlds apart, but UFC 254 I'm definitely looking forward to. But enough of that, let's move on to the Premier League. Before we move on to the Premier League, Max has got another new beer for us. What is it now? Go on, George.
2: I hope this pale ale finds you well.
0: Uh, Is that the name of it? The... This is the name of it. Wow, that's weird. So the
1: what I wanted from from George was his previous reaction. Quote mark. Oh, I had that before we came out. Uh, End quote. And um, then you pointed it out the name in front of it. I hope this pale. So it's basically is a is a pretty cool it's a pretty cool can. So it's like a very bland packaging, but like bland well. So it says, I hope this pale oil finds you well it's from evil nice twin nice. brewing um i assume as as all of them yeah new york so it's like orange and it just has white writing
0: on it looks nice here goes the crack george
2: says it's nice
0: yeah so george I you know... had this before you came out you said and you yeah, reckon? yeah, yeah. so um it's a
2: before we went to the pub i um, had one of them yeah know, nice.
1: i normally like beers a little bit more hoppy than you to be honest so it fills me with hope because it's, well, it's a, a pale rather sip. than a
2: lager isn't it so
1: um yeah, that's actually lovely. Do you know what it tastes? It yeah, actually. Oh, do you know what it tastes like? a uh, neck oil. Uh, you know, brews. Brew dog neck oil. That's what it tastes like. Mm. It's um, a lovely beer.
2: Uh, well, it's parallel, so, but it's five five cents. It's quite strong.
0: Mm. Am I right in thinking you sell neck oil uh, at Tottenham Hotspur? Yeah, you do. Well, linking us in to the Premier League, mate. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, the plan originally was going to be to do a top three games of the weekend because we realised it just takes too long to go through every single game, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, we also had one of the best weekends of Premier League again. It's been ridiculous this oh, season, and there was just, unfortunately, really aggravating seeing all these shocking scorelines. But um, I think the biggest talking point from this weekend, and I know Max wants to talk about it probably, so we'll just go for it, is the handball situation. I'm, I'm
1: shocked you'd say that. The biggest I know.
0: Well, there's two games that link into this. There's obviously the Tottenham Hotspur one, as we say we'll get to, but also the United versus Brighton game, where... The game was level at full time and after the final whistle went, they used VAR to go back and award Man United a penalty. Shock that Man United get a penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get on every bloody game. Man VAR Varnighted. That's, that's good, Max. We'll get that I trending. I coined
1: that myself. I haven't even read yeah, that well, somewhere. Yeah, well, th- yeah, there's probably a reason you
0: haven't heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Man, uh, Man United were gifted a penalty from a Morpey Handball uh, as well as, as we say, Spurs. Obviously... The Eric Dyer situation where he was basically had a ball headed into the back of his arm. Um, and that has kind of been... I think that's the big talking point from this weekend. Despite some of the massive, shocking results and the great games we've seen, that has probably been the thing that's reaching the headlines. Um, so, Max, do you want to vent a bit? <laughs> okay.
1: So, I was waiting for my cue before I screamed over Matt. <laughs> but basically, I'm... Do you know what? I'm fucking livid. Anyway, well, for, for starters, the United one. Same situation. That was a load of horseshit. Like, come on! Uh, uh, if you are a football fan, you, you can understand why why that's a load of bullshit. You know, Roy, I even on this podcast, uh, many times on this podcast, I've said I, I hate Roy Hosgen. I think he's useless when he managed mm. England, especially. Oh god, I fucking hated him. When he managed Fulham, I didn't... He was good at Fulham. That
0: was his one crowning achievement. He got to the Europa League final.
1: like, last year was... I I criticised him a lot. You you didn't, Max. His last
0: year at Fulham was his best year in football. Okay, well... Anyway, I can disagree. He was bad at Liverpool. I can can disagree about
1: that. um, Max, you can't
0: disagree with Roy Hodgson being bad in his last year at Fulham, I'm afraid. He got to the Europa League final. Okay, well... (laughs) And then went to Liverpool where he was. Shit.
1: Okay, Fine. Fine, I okay. You can see um, No, well, basically, my point is trying to say I hate Roy Hodgson. Yeah. <laughs> <He's a, laughs> yeah, I I really hate him, and I completely agreed with him uh, as you as you can't. Um, that was bullshit. It didn't hit me as to heart as when it happened in the Tottenham game.
0: So yeah, where... the Roy Hodgson one. Sorry, that did happen in the Crystal Palace Everton. There was yeah. another incident. So there was incidents across pretty much every game, but I just mentioned the ones that were late on.
2: Yeah, Hodgson's been, been. Arsenal fucked. was there one in that Liverpool Arsenal before? Not Liverpool, but. The Who they play the week before?
0: So the week before was against West Ham, was it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not, you're know. not filling me with hope here, George. Yeah,
0: <laughs> your your lack of knowledge for your own team is yeah,
2: yeah. is. Hit hand, but I didn't give it. No.
0: Um, yeah, well, so continue. The, well, yeah, in
1: in the top game, like I could have ran about this for hours, but I won't. But I I'm uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm fucking livid. Yeah. So the the things that piss me off is uh, for starters, like as everyone can agree, you know, like even Carragher, who always is very biased against Tottenham. When he, so when, whenever I tune into a Tottenham game and the game starts and I hear Carragher t- commentating, I think for fuck's sake, I've got to listen to biased Carragher for for the whole game, right? And even he went on a massive run. I don't know if you mm. saw it, Matt. But he was, like, saying, "Who whoever's in charge, you stop this because you're ruining football. It's nonsense, right? Um, Newcastle manager Steve goes on and says a um, similar thing. What are you doing? <laughs> he Newcastle manager Steve says a similar thing. He says, like, this is nonsense. Even though it, it gained him a point that they didn't deserve, he, he, he went on about it. Josie obviously walked off, you know, like, there, yeah. There's every, everyone knows it's a huge issue. Obviously, there's a bit of rumours going around now that they're going to sort of, like, fix the yeah, situation. So,
0: so what's happened today is uh, David Ornstein of The Athletic, who's now quite a reliable source in football, has said that there has been reports that they are going to change the rules. And what they're going to change it to is, and I'm quoting here, anything that hits a hand above the head in the box, for example, would still be a penalty, but a deflection of a hand by a player's side would be viewed differently. So they're kind of... Lenient, you know, making the rules so, more lenient. So but
1: like, so, like in the Eric Dyer
0: situation. situation, unfortunately, it would still be a handball, as well as why? the Neil Mopé, because his head was about here.
1: But it wasn't but above it wasn't, his. It's got to be no, literally no, it, here. But it was still. Below <laughs> like, sorry, his head.
0: I'm describing this with my hands. Yeah. Uh,
1: but it was uh, still below his head level, though.
0: That's the thing; as it doesn't really make it any more clear. Gosh, like, why is it, why? And like, yeah, but on. according to to this report from David Ornstein, the Neil Mopé and Eric Deere Penalties would still be penalties. I don't um, know. I just don't because their hands were not, you know, in front of them or by their sides. From
1: the age of like twelve, you you can understand what you know. Like we be we be on the pitch at school or something. And they and and someone and they Everyone go ball to hand, ball to hand. Everyone knows. Yeah, they've got knows, rid of the ball to hand. Everyone knows what ball to hand is. It's like we. It's like the Premier League just decided for, to forget it ever existed. Hmm. You know, like there's there's situations. I was talking to my dad the other day with the, with how bizarre the league's gone now. What's stopping a team from getting the ball to the edge of the box every few minutes and booting it? At every defender they see, Because yeah. chances it, it are changes the you're going to hit
0: someone's hand.
1: You know, chances are that will happen.
0: Well, we don't want to run on about, you know. penalties no, too much. I could, I could go much. on about it um, for hours because there, there was also there. a great weekend of football around it. Um, yeah. So one of the biggest kind of shocking results was the Man City Leicester game, which yeah. obviously ended five uh, two to Leicester, who were away, I believe, as well. Yeah. Uh, I just did not see it coming at all. So, like, neither
1: did I. I mean, you, you can't see three penalties. Yeah, three penalties like, to Leicester.
0: Obviously, two for Vardy, who did get his hat-trick. Yeah, Um Bastards. Which is, you know, bloody I'm, Vardy-wise. I'm really
1: fucked off about that because I, I was considered putting... I said it... I actually said it on a podcast. Yeah. I said, he's going straight in my team and I didn't carry through. Yeah. Him, and he got a bloody hat-trick. Uh,
0: yeah, because I was saying to you this when we were watching the... So we're recording this just after Tottenham-Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. And I said to you while we were watching the game... I don't know how City spend so much money and still don't seem to have that many players. Like, There's no um, excuse for
1: it. There's no excuse.
0: Because they, they were playing people like uh, Liam DeLapp and uh, Eric Garcia in centre-back who just shouldn't be in the Man City starting team or in on the, undisputed, on the bench.
1: everyone will support it. City spends the most money, mm. right? Every year. Maybe this year they've spent a tiny bit more than, like, what club? Maybe Chelsea. But Chelsea's all this money that's gone into spending has been from selling other players. Like, City only spend money. I never hear of City making money off a mm. player. That doesn't happen, right? So if they're spending all of this cash... And they're not getting any return, and they're having to play like you know, like bringing bringing through youth players to play into their squad. How how are they yeah. managing that? They, they, and then and then obviously they're they're spending sixty million
0: on a youth so, player. So yeah, or whatever. Uh, you bring us in nicely. That it's been confirmed about an hour ago, uh, being confirmed by Man City now that Ruben Diaz has signed for the club in about a sixty-five million pound or euro deal uh, from about, Benfica.
1: What I think about that is like. That's obviously a good signing for them. It's another squad player, but if they're really worried about their squad, right? Um, could they not think about how that sixty million could really buffer their squad with like three players yeah, uh, better than bringing? I think these they're going for. Through?
0: I don't think that's what they're going. I think they're going for a guy they believe will be a top player in the game. Yeah. And you have got to think with players they've signed before from. I think they're both from Benfica. Edison and uh, Bruno uh, Bernardo Silva. Sorry. Uh, oh. Both came from Benfica, I believe, and both have obviously been amazing. So I think they're kind of relying on. Th- the Portuguese League is, does provide these mm-hmm. quality players, and I think that's what they're hoping for again.
1: Well, yeah, there's, there's no denying that. But Bernardo's 60, 60 odd expensive. million
0: is a lot to spend, you know, because they've signed people from the Portuguese League uh, defenders before, like. Uh, possibly Otamendi, but the one I was thinking of was Eric Mangala, who they got from Porto before. So it doesn't always work out from the Portuguese league, but they're kind of relying on him to come in and, okay. and solve that back line when they've spent so much money on their defence. Like Pep Guardiola spent something like half a billion pounds on their defence probably at this point, and it still was bad it, it, against Leicester. Uh, it, very if, bad.
1: If Pep... if If, like... I did in our predictions at the start of this year. I did say I reckon I, I predict Liverpool will win the league rather than Man City, and I'm, I'm pretty sure was it both you and Toby Buffett said Man City? Have you say uh, Man City? I
0: think I might have. To be fair, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me. I
1: think Toby did. And I do think like I I I think Liverpool will beat them. However, I do think if City don't win the league this year, there's there's no there's no justification yeah. for it. You know, when you have supposedly this world class manager, right? and I do think he's an amazing manager, but can you justify yeah. not winning everything with that amount of yeah, money? Yeah,
0: even this season, when you don't think they've signed many big names, well, they've spent 100 million even, or something already. Yeah, well over it, that.
1: It's not even like... like You could sign whoever you want, really. You're not obviously going to sign like Messi and Ronaldo or whatever, but you don't need just a team full of the best players in the world to win the league, or especially the Premier League. Like You just... I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's there's no excuse for Pep. I really think there's no excuse for Pep. He's got to win big this year. He's got to win either the the Champions League or the Premier League. Or I don't think he can really justify it Mm. because like the the FA Cup or whatever else. There's a City or Bank like uh, in. Yeah, so you they know, won the FA Cup the last three years, win. I think. Yeah, so that's like, all they can win no, at this it's point. It's just so what for City? It's mm. just like, who cares? If I was a City fan, I wouldn't be settling with the FA Cup. You know, and, I, and I hate City fans. So.
0: Right. So, George, we're going to bring you into this now. As our resident Arsenal fan, I see you're reaching for your phone. Yeah. You're going to have to talk to us oh, now. Uh, as our resident Arsenal fan, what do you make of yesterday's match between Arsenal and Liverpool? Obviously, ended 3-1 to Liverpool. Uh, was, were you disappointed by that, or yeah, was that just what you expected?
2: He could have brought me in on a on a winning game. Yeah, I'm afraid... <laughs> well, it's your fault for being here, then. Just making sure. You did watch it, right? Yeah, I did watch <laughs> He was that. with us, so
0: he, he's definitely seen it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I watched first half at home, second half... Uh, at the pub. At the Socially pub. distance. Yeah, a bit, bit annoying, actually, because I was watching The Dictator before, uh, before the game, and I wanted to watch... All... That's a quality film, though, was, is I it? I wanted it? I yeah. to watch the end of it at half-time, but you dragged me down the Sad pub. Sad case. But... Um, yeah, it was disappointing. because Purely for the fact that Arsenal just looked really shaky in mm. the back. And um, obviously, we made our new sign in. He's um, been a star centre back. And we didn't play. What, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Marcondes. Yeah. Gabriel, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when I first watched him on the first game, he looked okay. a bit. Well,
0: against Fulham, it's not too hard to yeah, look at. No but.
2: no, but even then, he looked a bit. No, he got his goal. He, yeah, goal. I know. No, he, he had a fantastic game. But at the very start, he looked a bit poor on the ball. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably the reason why I tested in playing against a team like Liverpool. I've but got,
1: I've got a question to ask you because I don't really really talk to Arsenal fans. Um, so like <laughs> Pepe and Saka, I don't know. what's, yeah, what's, what's oh, your Saka, opinion?
2: Uh, Pepe. Oh, because Pepe short, obviously
1: came on. Uh, like I'm pretty sure he got transferred on. I don't know what minute. Um, but would you really rather Pepe
2: coming on rather than Saka? Um, I think I think Saka he doesn't he doesn't put enough power in his shots is the main thing for me, he, uh, you know he'll, he'll shoot from a fair way out and he'll, he'll he'll almost try and roll it into the net which doesn't make any sense but I think Saka is a fantastic player.
1: Yeah, and I think Saka is a great player. But, as well. but
2: but when you're signing someone like Pepe for the money we did, it, it, you know it's yeah it's hard to just record signing
1: wasn't he? Yeah, and I I spoke to a. Um, a different. Uh, this morning, I spoke to an Arsenal fan. So it was uh, our friend Tom. Uh, he's a and firm Arsenal fan. We've got to have Alfie on here one week because he's he's a biased Arsenal fan. I know deluders as bunch of shit. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's, and Tom was saying similar. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure he was saying yeah he, he was saying he, like similar stuff about Pepe, um, but also I do think you're like your one goal was a gift. You know, there may have been no opportunity really for an Arsenal goal if it wasn't handed to you on the platter that the that the lack of the, the goal was.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we were terrible attacking, but defensively we were so poor, um, and that's sort of the story of yeah story of our life for the last uh, few years. Well,
1: the, the, so so what do you think about Arsenal? So like, Arsenal obviously have like, if I was an Arsenal fan. I'd be I'd be through the fucking roof to be honest. You know, I win all these trophies pre-season, you know, they they're sort of shitty trophies, but they're still trophies. <laughs> and then, you know, you you win your first couple games like confidently, you know, you bring in Willian and he's like being a great player for you. Yeah, it's you a good a Good season. And then you lose to Liverpool, the champions of last year who were undefeated for so many months, you know? Yeah, for, I mean I mean like, I think, is it that big of a deal?
2: I think I think a, a fair few Arsenal fans went into the game hopeful, um considering the results of the weekend as well when a lot of big teams sort of struggled. Um but I'm saying like even losing this game but, but, is it but, but, that but, big of a deal? Uh, no, I don't think it's terrible, but you know, I think we'd rather have taken the 2-1 than the 3-1. Um mm. I don't think our performance excellent, but I think I think if I came into the game you, you know, you're hoping for a, a draw. Yeah. And well. then when you got the first goal, you know, you're it expecting It was I'm to... saying
0: to see them concede so quickly after and Yeah. That yeah, was kind that, of... That's
2: just Arsenal for you, you know, like which, I mean, so I, poor at I the didn't back. find it upsetting one bit. No, of that. course not. Arsenal are just so poor at the back.
0: Well, you mentioned earlier... Uh, we'll try and rush through some of the other games of the weekend. You mentioned earlier that Arsenal looked quite shaky against West Ham. And now we know why. West Ham winning 4-0 against Wolves... I don't think anyone would have predicted that. I, as we say, we predicted you, them to come. What you, we predicted I'll, West Ham I'll, to come relegated this season. I think we predicted. Uh, I did. I actually yeah. put West Ham last. You put West Ham last, uh, and they are well and truly define those odds. I mean, I, they've got some tough games, but say, that's I a went great win. To the
1: pints and past time screw chat, and I said I predict the Wolves West Ham game four nil. Put that out there right now. I did uh, obviously presume Wolves would be the four. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, I was bang on the score. I should have put a better yeah. one.
0: Um, but yeah, West Ham looked very... I mean, so Jared Bowen obviously got two. Antonio looked very good as well. And to be honest, from watching it, they could have scored more than the four goals they scored. Yeah, Wolves just it, didn't look very good at all. It
1: blew my mind as well, because Antonio has been a no-show. Like, uh,
0: He's very... He'll suddenly be amazing, and then he'll just go quiet yeah, for seven yeah. months, and then be so, great for so a like game for or example,
1: two. For example, I know I know George, uh, for example, has him in his fantasy football team. And even with this game, I'd be hoofing him out immediately. Because mm. Antonio's not someone you'd be... You'd be assuming as scoring goals week on week out, um, but that West Ham had a great game.
0: Yeah, it's really annoying because I thought Fulham—they were one of the few teams that might finish below Fulham. But and also, I got Pedence in my uh, fantasy team who didn't even play, yeah. so I was very well, happy about we're that. We're only three weeks in, though. It's fine. This is, this Plenty to play, play for. for. Uh, final game before we before we bring things to a close uh, is Chelsea versus West Bromwich Albion. Yeah, three all in the end it was. And I don't think anyone really predicted that one either. So, 3-0 nope. at half-time to West Brom. No, and there was a... Like I mean, first of all, that is shocking for Chelsea. All the money they spent, obviously, still questions about their defence. And for good reason. That is abysmal against, you know, yeah. West Brom, who are predicted by most people to finish bottom. That's just unexplainable.
1: You know what? Now I'm sitting here thinking about it is... Um, you know obviously we've we've just watched the uh Tottenham Chelsea game where they were knocked out of the Carabao Cup this might be this might have been a bit of a blessing for them because che- everyone assumes Chelsea is going to finish top 4 almost everyone put Chelsea in their top mm. 4 predictions right you know, maybe this has been a godsend for them, because they they had this big struggle against Ross Brom, maybe there was going to be some other struggles for them, and now they're not going to have the Carabao Cup games uh, midweek, interrupting their schedule, they'll have bigger rest periods, maybe this is what it took
0: to solidify them being in the Champions
1: League next year.
0: I mean, so you bring up the Carabao Cup, they obviously had the debut of Edouard Mendy, I don't think... did too much to impress. like the penalty shootout he didn't get close to anything
1: he had he had one decent save he didn't have a lot I mean it wasn't a very interesting it was, game it was let's quite be real. no it
0: wasn't it, was uh, it wasn't a great game boring. but penalty shootout, shootout he, you know yeah. you can't do much on a penalty shootout but he didn't show much to give too much hope uh, but compared to Kepper, he, he's well, looking yeah. and upgrading no matter what
1: well I'm glad they I'm glad they picked Mendy over Kepper because mm. maybe Kepper saved a penalty so well, that's a potential um you know i was actually surprised at how many penalty takers i don't know if you realized i i picked up on it i just do not want to jinx it um how many of the penalty takers tottenham and chelsea were all going bottom left corner mm. it was over and over and over again and Larissa mendy kept on diving right and right over and over and over again like as almost as if they're waiting for something and when kane came when harry kane came up to the spot i thought oh surely he'll go right to just mess things up and he went left mm. as well I, I I don't know what the stats are, but I'm pretty sure oh. every single penalty in those in that penalty shootout, other than one, was left. Even the one uh, that got saved right at the
0: end. So the one that missed uh, did actually go the other way. It, it went the opposite it? way to Kane's at least. Oh, did it? I don't uh, think It, and it did. went miles off. No, I it think went it, it went left. left think, it yeah. just yeah.
1: went. Yeah, no, it went left as well. It it just was dreadful. absolutely like too far left. But I'm I'm pretty sure only like one penalty they took went to the right, which was such an odd situation to come mm. up. But yeah, I, I think Mendy is obviously better than Kepa. Like, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be I'd be really excited for yeah, Mendy. I think
0: it can only get better for Chelsea, really. And, it's not yeah, being a great start. And also,
1: being out of the Carabao Cup, is it that big of a deal? Does the Carabao Cup Yeah, I don't that think it's the competition a teams to need to win. To it's Chelsea. just
0: a, a cherry on top, really. Yeah,
1: like, do Chelsea really care? Obviously, Tottenham fans probably do care about it more than Chelsea, and we predicted to lose it. But it it there's there's no real for for Chelsea. It's not really that big of a pride thing. There's no real huge money mm-hmm. value like in winning it. Is it that big of a deal?
0: Yeah. Sorry, I just realized that is the tournament. When I said earlier that Man City have won it for the past three years, it was the Carabao Cup they've won for the past three years. So yeah, I was Man say, City, Cup, F- yeah, I'm uh, Arsenal <laughs> won it the last <laughs> two, I think, haven't they? Well, they Arsenal were yeah. obviously the big winners there, but um, City have won the Carabao Cup the last three years. Mm. So you know, they'll yeah. maybe go for it again.
2: Right, going, going back to Chelsea West Brom game though, I mean. Hold on to West Brom to get him freely on the first half, but yeah. Chelsea to pull it back through. Yeah, as well, I mean, that takes some. And
0: I think what I liked was it was none of the new signings. It was Tammy Abraham, Mason Mountain. And- a Hudson Adoy. Yeah. So it wasn't even the big money bringing it back for them. I would
1: have loved yeah. I would have loved Chelsea to be having an Amazon documentary recording them this year and mm. see Frank <laughs> Lampard's half time talks because it won't be a ba 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 ba, a ba 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 as Jose does it. It would have been some very specific swearing and anger. Um yeah, I would have loved to see. You've got to your Especially if to you if you lose that. it well, if you're losing to West Brom three 0 at half time, you're gonna fucking bollock him, right? Yeah.
0: And it seemed to work well wow, enough it
1: worked amazing
0: anyway uh, that's all from us on this week's episode of Pints and Pastimes as I say next week we'll be bringing you a transfer deadline special where we'll probably be ranking or rating every team's performance in the window yeah. which I hope will include the launch of our YouTube channel I say optimistically I mean we should be having a YouTube channel launching soon enough
1: yeah Neck no one, one way or hundred percent I'm banking. It might on it just now. be some
0: visuals to, you know, have alongside the podcast. I've actually
1: but... I've actually set up the YouTube channel, it's just as nothing
0: posted. Yeah, not but public. um that that should be out on the YouTube channel too for you to enjoy. But uh for now, thank you for listening. I've been Matt hancock Bruce. He's one been more Max. Point. Oh he's got another point before point. we close, thank you. <laughs>
1: one more point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's not done.
1: <laughs> he's been Matt hancock Bruce. Uh we'll also try and start so once we get the YouTube channel fully set up, it'll be good to start posting the podcast weekly uh, if you just listen to them on Spotify that's fine we'll post them on YouTube as well weekly hopefully and Instagram TV's TV is something we're going to look into so IGTV be a good way uh, also for the people that only follow us on Instagram um, if you listen to this though at this point in the podcast right at the end I assume you're listening on something other than Instagram <laughs> so, um, so yeah hopefully we'll have the because at the moment the podcast available on almost everything um, other than SoundCloud, and we're going to hopefully have it on YouTube and Instagram TV after then.
0: Nice. Thank you, Max. Uh, well, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from everybody else.
1: Goodbye. 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 <laughs>